Hello, Waffle Neutral fans. Damien Mercado here. Just wanted to apologize for this episode coming out a bit late. We had a ton of unrelated technical issues hit us all at the same time. And as we speak, I am putting the final touches on our latest Kids on Bikes adventure right before I get married to my fiancé, who played Roz in our Hellfraser special, which we will be releasing our second chapter of next week. Here's our episode. Enjoy, nerds. Somewhere in a lowly hotel room, there's a guy starting to realize that eternal fate has turned its back on him. It's Kids on Bikes. That's a gold, that's a golden earring reference for those of you that are not friggin' Gen X. Uh, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> welcome back to Kids on Bikes. It, it's an amazing uh, role-playing game that's uh, sort of Stranger Things by way of Goonies and E.T., and uh, in this case, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, by way of the Twilight Zone. I'm your host, uh, your DM, your your, your frantic uh, improviser, Caleb Cleveland. Caleb, can I ask you a question? <sighs> sure. No, go ahead. What? Is there a title for the DM in Kids on Bikes, like a specific... You know, yeah, the uh, kid master. Yeah, like yeah. A, <laughs> the babysitter, the wrangler, child lord, it's the keeper, oh, gee, the kid keeper. Yeah, there you go. Hello, everyone. I'm the kid keeper. Get into the cage. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Kids on bikes is a, a collaborative storytelling game set in small towns with big adventures, written by and designed by Jonathan Gilmore and Doug uh, Lewandowski. It's a fantastic game. I'm really, really excited to play it some more. Anywho, uh, we've got some of uh, our amazing returning talent here. Top of the order, we've got Penelope. No, yep, yep. Penelope yeah. Peterson. Hello. As played by me, AG. What's up? <laughs> I did that wrong, didn't I? Yeah, here's AG as. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself, uh, AG? I'm so sorry. Uh, hello, I'm Penelope Peterson. I'm played by AG. Yay! Thank you so much. Uh, and we have uh, Clint Beischer, who is uh, going to be playing... Who are you playing, to, uh, Clint? I'm playing Chaz, Chaz Montgomery, uh, right right here. Uh, I'm with my friends in an underground cave thing, and, and yeah, toys are alive. <laughs> <laughs> You've, well, it's. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, listened to the last episode with uh, with Joe and the and the evil Dave, but Chaz is going to have to have some uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. He's he's going to have to make some interesting uh, life choices in the next uh, episode or two. Chaz doesn't know what you're talking about. No, you're doing great. Um, and then we have Dave Wright as Mike Cochran. I will punch you right in the dick if you tell me otherwise. <laughs> Beautiful. Or if you don't. It's a lose-lose scenario. Don't answer them. Are you saying if someone tells you you're not Mike Cochran, you'll punch them in the dick? Call me something other than Mike Cochran. I'll punch you right in the I walk a mile out of my way to not get punched in the dick by Mike. <laughs> Do you punch people in the dick for <laughs> clarifying why you punch people in the dick? I hope not. Let's see what happens. Oh, my dick. Jesse Egan, stop, please. Sorry. Mike's going to punch you. 
I just got one in the cock. I have killed with my cock. Ow. That was fantastic. Uh, Damien Mercado, who are you today? Um, I'm, I'm playing Clarence Peterson, and uh, I think I'm the only kid in this cast, uh, and I don't know it yet, but won't lose my virginity till 35. Just <laughs> 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 spit uh, out water. I think that's a generous estimate. In the uh, in the in the words of TikTok, in the words of TikTok, uh, girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Egan, who are you playing today? Flip Dimpleton and Clarence can see the future. <laughs> it's true. Dang, that's another conspiracy right there. Look to the stars. No, I'm just kidding. I, I want everybody listening to know that I have been sexually active since the age of 26. <laughs> right on. You beast. Can confirm. <laughs> AG was there. She had nothing to do with it except just as, like, witness. He sent an email out the day it happened. <laughs> He called me and asked for a witness. Just to sign the paper. <laughs> it was a notarized experience. I literally just needed a signature. That's all. <laughs> She's a, a sex notary. Yep. Little stamp. Uh, Joe Camacho, uh, reintroduce yourself if you don't mind. I am a Harrison Cunt, a part-time badass, full-time sheriff. It just never gets easier introducing you. <laughs> <laughs> Your name, um, Harrison, really hits the ear wrong. It's, uh, it's really <laughs> crazy. Now, uh, now, Harrison and Mike uh, Cochran, who had, they uh, had their own little separate uh, one-off adventure last time. Cochran and Kunth. Is that what you named that, uh, that actual episode was Cochran and Kunth? That's, oh my God. I want everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast to imagine, like, the podcast itself having, like, a health bar. And like it literally <laughs> just went down by like 15 points. Um, yeah, so God damn it, I can't believe I just, I never put that together. The fan art is gonna come rolling in. Great. All right, so thank you, Joe. Rounding the horn. Seriously, my, my it's like sucking my will to live. It's so great. Sarah Lee Steiner, uh, would you mind reintroducing yourself, please? Yes, hello, my name is Pat. I have won goat head and beauty pageant. That is all my accomplishments. I won beauty head and goat pageant as well. <laughs> I am I am my village's most beautiful goat. <laughs> I make best goat milk you've ever had. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, that was beautiful. And uh, Dave Callens, would you mind uh, introducing your character? Uh, hello, I am Aristotle Jones. Uh, Aristotle Jones here, and after our last adventure, I am now more toy than man. Mm, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's right. There was a violence against children. We didn't have yeah. a trigger warning on that podcast. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we should have trigger warnings for the ones that don't have violence against children. I feel like that there's so much violence against children in those things, so. Well, we left our kids sans bikes. Yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of bikes lately. Eh, we'll have to fix that. AOB kids off bikes. That's it. <laughs> the. <laughs> That's great. I love you, Jesse. <laughs> I didn't deserve that. They were going deeper and deeper, delving into the dark and surreal world of Walter Wiebe's strange toy-based menagerie of sights and frights. They had emerged, you know, injured and nearly mauled from 
a, uh, a, a, a room filled with toy remnants where Harrison and Mike, in a desperate sort of uh, ploy, rather, to, uh, to try and distract some of their assailants, took off down what appeared to be an old waterway. It worked, for the most part, and allowed, uh, allowed the rest of the kids to meet one of the more talkative and intelligent members of this land of remnant toys known as Kiwi in the uh, form of a sort of a makeshift amalgam of uh, toys, but mostly in the form of the popular scented kids' toy, Summerberry Grunt. Kiwi gave you a message to deliver to Charles, telling him Summerberry Grunt, that now goes by Kiwi, uh, says hello. You were shown by Kiwi, or Summerberry Grunt, into a side corridor. The second you guys close the door behind you, a set of red warning lights or emergency lights uh, illuminate this, what appears to be uh, an access corridor. It's uh, rather short. It's, uh, it's lined with metal siding. The entrance and the exit kind of remind you of the doors of like say a submarine or something. They've got these uh, very large wheels that rotate and uh, spin these huge metal bars out from the sides. It's completely different from the rest of the architecture or the the decoration that uh, you guys have seen so far inside this little house of horrors. If you didn't know any better, it would feel almost like military or utilitarian. I feel right at home. We have same doors at my home. (laughs) In my underground basement. (laughs) In other words, Pat, yeah, this reminds you of daycare. So, to revisit, you, the uh, stakes have never been higher for your little group. Uh, you're all a little bit badly scraped up and uh, from this attack of this room full of remnant toys. And Aristotle, he is uh, not looking too well. He's breathing heavily and he's conscious. Uh, Aristotle, I want you to describe how you're feeling right now. Oof. Well, I tell you what, I feel, uh, uh, I don't feel too good. I, I got roughed up a little bit by some toys, but then that uh, the big friendly toy kind of passed me up a little bit, so I'm feeling kind of okay, but not great. And that is my book report on how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, uh, who's uh, who's carrying? Uh, he's going to need some help. Uh, who's carrying Aristotle? One on each side. I think when we ended, electrolyte was carrying. Me. Oh, electrolyte's carrying you. Excellent. Okay, so he's carrying. He's not like uh, it's not like a fireman's carry or anything like that. You just he has your shoulder. Oh, it's uh, across the threshold on your wedding night, Terry. Yeah. It's, it's no big deal. Ch- Chaz was definitely going to, like, step in and offer, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't... I, I, I'm not... It's fine. You're still, you're still strong, Chaz. You're still it, strong. It's not like he's taking my role of the strong... It's, it's cool. You're still, you're still, still strong guy. It's, I was going to help, but, yeah, I'm, you know, he's plastic, man. Electrolyte's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you took that well, Chaz. So you have crushed on electrolyte. Chaz is taking uh, this really hard, making it about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be jealous of the plastic superhero. No, why would I be? It's amazing. He also can shoot lightning and control toys. Are you bummed about that? I mean, that's just cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Electrolyte actually looks at you, Chaz, and says, would, would you rather... He's, he's Your friend is bleeding all over me, and I'd kind of rather hold Penelope's hand. Can I... Can I offer you uh your bleeding friend oh uh, i mean if, if you need me to take over i'll do that yeah you're much you're, you're you're just so strong and i and i'm just a i'm just a plastic npc so you go right ahead 
levels in so much needless pain during all these transfers. <laughs> ah, oh my god. He's just stage diving while bleeding. It's just like around, we're all carrying him. Well, I, I don't think that's supposed to move an injured person that much, guys. You guys can actually see the lacerations widen like every single time it's <laughs> like, passed back and maybe forth. Maybe we should move him more. That sounds like a conspiracy. Hot potato. You're killing uh, him, Chaz. You're killing him. Does anyone have any medical talent uh, in this group? Does anyone know maybe how to treat him or stop the bleeding? Uh, Electrolyte, do you have any superpowers that would be useful for this circumstance? Uh, Penelope, weren't you the lifeguard at the pool? Didn't they have to train you in something? <laughs> mouth to mouth, Penelope, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I mean, I know a little bit of first aid. I suppose I could. What's my... Uh, can I... Okay, can I help? <laughs> <laughs> she loves to help. You could tell it's a passion of hers. It's super helpful. Should I put him down for this or keep carrying him? Put him down with a gun. Pat, does Goathead, do Goatheads have any medicinal properties? Perhaps if we feed him bits of Goathead. <laughs> no, but Crazy Glue does work wonders on open wounds. Do you have any of that? Clarence reaches into his, he has the prepared ability, he reaches into his Silent Bob-esque trench coat and produces <laughs> super glue. I keep this in case my toys get broken. Oh, nice. Excellent. Uh, let's say you are going to assist Penelope in doing a quick little, uh, glue job, uh, super glue. Yeah. It, it's not really first aid. It's more like second or third aid. <laughs> it's actually model glue. The, careful. The fumes will mess you up. <laughs> so Penelope, give me a brains roll. Okay. 10. Yay. Okay. That actually would have been well over what I would have asked. Um, so yes, that uh, again, you uh, you managed to ru- uh, rubber cement a lot of uh, grosser uh, large. It uh, it's, <laughs> it's not even super glue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take this blue stick, Aristotle. It's incredibly painful, but nevertheless, the bleeding does subside for the time being. These are not bandages, though, so you definitely need to take it easy. Fortunately, you've got a great big, strong, muscly Chaz to carry you wherever you need. Penelope, you are amazing at smearing glue into wounds. You could be a doctor. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) That was really impressive, sis. You're welcome. (laughs) Nothing a little mucilage can't fix. Am I right? (laughs) Mucilage. You should get into pre-med when you go to college next year. Yeah, it's mucilage. Clarence, you uh, accidentally have taken your sister's French version of superglue. It's mucilage rather than just plain old mucilage. (laughs) I knew. So a quick little dabble do you later, and Aristotle is still pale as a ghost, but nevertheless, he's uh, not openly bleeding out. So I'm proud of you. Okay, so you guys are still in this access corridor. Uh, The door is shut behind you. There's a door in front of you. What do you do? Can we open the door in front of us? (laughs) I think you're you're asking the wrong question. May you? Yes, you may. Can we super glue the door closed? Penelope, can you use paste on this door? Let's move forward. And All right. So Flip, while the others sort of gird themselves, cranks Gird the... your loins. I'm opening this door. There you go. I'm making a gird roll right now. He cranks the wheel. The, uh, the emergency lights go off as fluorescent light floods the access corridor. I hope we don't drown. And you find yourself in a rather 
well, to be honest with you, a rather corporate-looking taupe hallway with uh, tile floors, tile ceiling, and... Looks like Dad's office. <laughs> it actually does kind of look exactly like an office. There are the occasional uh, encouraging slogan uh, in the form of a framed poster, as well as large formatted astronomical photographs, like the Milky Way. Hang in there, oh. baby. There you go. <laughs> I will. Aristotle's getting a little uh, high off the fumes from the crazy glue, and he says, Hey, Jeff, have you ever seen Uranus? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't got a mare that goes that far. Like, I, I, I tried one time, but I was curious, and then didn't, couldn't get the angle right on the mare. So, I, you been looking at that stuff? I just always found it interesting. Okay. Oh, nose math. <laughs> Electrolyte uh, curls his fingers a little bit tighter into Penelope's uh, hand. By the way, he's doing that, uh, Penelope. I'm not exactly sure when he did it, but he... Uh, S- slid, in, slid into them fingies. Pretty smooth, Electrolyte. Pretty smooth. <laughs> huh? He looks at you innocently. All right, so do we go down the left hallway or the right hallway? All right. Oh, yeah, and that's another thing. Uh, you can't see the end of either hallway because they are, the hallway is curved. Uh, you could sort of imagine like an enormous circle, you know, whereas, the, you know, this is just one segment of it. Uh, but it kind of conforms to the uh, to the outside of the room where you just left, the, the enormous uh, remnant chamber. I say we go down the left hallway, and this is not a democracy. It's a kidocracy. It's a cheerocracy. And so let's go down the left hallway. Everybody follow the glue doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty in- impressive, Penelope. They call me Dr. Glue. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm sorry. It's peonies. You want to be called peonies, right? Yeah. Shh, be quiet. She'll, she'll glue your pie hole shut. Good Lord. Keep digging yourself that hole, man. I'm, I'm just, I don't, I, what? <laughs> it's okay, though. Look at that cat poster. It's really motivational. We'll make it. Just hang in there, baby. Come on. <laughs> hey, Aristotle, you are so light. Like, what do you eat? Uh, mostly glue. You've <laughs> lost a lot of blood. I think that's the reason he's so light right now. As you guys are chit-chatting your way down the uh, down the hallway, uh, yeah, Aristotle is much lighter now. He it seems like a, uh, a yeah, you know, he's he almost feels like papery. Uh, he is he is so pale. Uh, he's not even sweating anymore. He was uh, he, he's definitely you know Aristotle definitely needs more se- serious medical attention than something that came out of a hardware store. But uh, as you guys are turning this uh, large curved corridor, you can see uh, another, uh, a pair of double doors down the end with, you know, your standard, it, it kind of reminds you all a little bit of like, yeah, like your dad's offices or your, your mom's, your mom's workplace. You know, this, you know, you've got uh, just standard uh, silver handles, uh, occasional encouraging slogans again. And as you are nearing these uh, doors, you can definitely hear like a gentle hum of uh, speech coming from uh, coming from behind them. Like somebody is talking. From behind the double doors? Correct. They're, they're about, they're less than 10 to 15 feet away from you. Shh, there's somebody on the other side of that door. Um, Should we talk to them or do we stay away from them? Shh. Clarence puts his ear to the door. Clarence, what do you hear? Clarence, uh, I want you to give me a... A hearing roll. <laughs> uh, no, you don't need to do any sort of roll at all. You, you basically can hear uh, on the other side uh, a pair of male voices. One of them saying, 
I don't know. But Verity says that they might be down in the uh, the remnant room. Whatever we do, we want to keep them away from the Build-A-Boy section. I know one of them probably needs medical attention. You hear a a, a squawk off of a what it sounds like a radio or a walkie-talkie, and it says, "Roger." Well, we got to find the Build-A-Boy section. Yeah. yeah. I am very interested in Build-A-Boy section. <laughs> <laughs> Could I build a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Allison. Clarence, you hear a heavy tromping sound as uh, you hear heavy footsteps approaching the door. Guys, guys, they're coming, they're coming. Hide, hide. All right, we yeah, let's try to hide uh, maybe on either side of the door. And run, uh, run, run away, run down the curved hallway so yeah. you can't see us. Yeah, let's okay. Go find the Build-A-Boy section. Let's run down this hallway. <laughs> okay. We make a flight roll. Okay, flight it is. All right, if I want every single one of you to roll a, uh, to give me a flight check. The uh, difficulty is going to be eight for all of you. Now, I got a question for you. Uh, I'm I'm carrying, uh, what's his name here? Uh, uh, my name is Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> yeah, so you're actually going to have to give me a ten. Yeah, you know, you didn't have to bring that up. But I'm protective <laughs> and I'm skilled at holding stuff. He is. Very <laughs> each skill. So does being protective and being skilled at holding stuff adjust my flight role? Yes, it does. So you can add two to that. <laughs> I rolled a three. <laughs> Eight. Just as any fat kid would, Clarence rolled a one. So I can't wait to see this color. I rolled a ten. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Uh, Clarence uh, is it turns on his heel a little uh, a little faster than he probably should have, considering he's oh, you know he's a he's a big boy. He actually spills his ass onto the ground and uh, hits his cheek oh, no. really hard uh, oh. against the floor, dazing up. And immediately you feel something very very wrong with your ankle. Oh, save me, electrolyte! <laughs> well, I think because I had to dodge. Uh, Clarence, I, I got a three on my play. Well, it's not just that, but you're also carrying a a very bloody little boy. Just for the listeners, I would love for everyone just to know that uh, Pat got a three, Chaz got a three, Clarence got a one. We are just not a very uh, talented group at getting away from danger, it seems like. I do not, I never run from enemy, I always fight. <laughs> Pat kicked Clarence's leg. To give That's everybody it. else He's, time to go. Pat swept yeah, flip you. Flip got a 10. Flip, flip, flip it off. Flip is flipping down the hallway. <laughs> Heartwheeling. I run all the way around the circle and lap them. So easy to run in this curved hallway. <laughs> Penelope, what did you get? I got an eight. Hot dog. Eight. Okay, well, we've got a bunch of adversity tokens you guys can, can spend if you want to. Hot dog. Hot dog, hot dog, <laughs> hot diggity dog. <laughs> Is that a Gene DeBruler reference? Yeah, I was just channeling Gene DeBruler. I'm going to need like seven tokens to dig me out of this hole. I have four to give. You rolled a one. There is no way to, okay. to, to get your way out of that. Um, Clarence snapped his ankle. There you go. <laughs> Clarence uh, but dies. You can actually, Clarence, you can spend at least, I'll let you spend at least two of your adversity tokens to help your sister uh, get a little boost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll spend two tokens. Run, sis! Don't worry about me. The family will be happier if I'm gone. All right. So what you do? So what you do is you actually like the saddest try to mark. make yourself as big an obstacle as you can, but you have to sort of uh, clench your teeth because uh, 
you almost blacked out there for a split second. Your ankle feels very, very wrong. You did hear, you, f- you felt a pop uh, oh, no. as you turned on your, on your British Knights. Um, oh, at least I won't have to run the mile so- in high school again. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, but uh, Flip has freaking disappeared. Penelope is right behind him. The rest of you are very slowly backing away as the handle turns on the the silver handle turns on this uh, enormous set of double doors, and uh, the doors open and the enormous silhouette that practically fills the hallway is exactly uh, what you feared the most. It's one of these enormous. <laughs> yeah, I know, terrifying. <laughs> Uh, one of these enormous, yeah, just steps uh, in the room and sneezes. <laughs> gray sweated, uh, red uh, Asic shoed Strongor freaks uh, with relatively normal human head, but gargantuan proportions on the rest of him. He immediately, uh, his eyes bug out, and he uh, fumbles with his with a headset that he's wearing uh, and shouts. Clarence screams like a girl. Uh, immediately, he covers his ears and, and does a double take, buying yourself a few seconds. One one thousand, two one thousand. Three, I'm counting seconds of us. <laughs> I did two seconds of uninterrupted high-pitched screaming coming from a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and is this cartoon-like where your mouth is just moving around in odd shapes? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give Clarence's heroic little sacrifice there is going to be able to buy Pat and Chaz. For the record, it wasn't a sacrifice. He just fucked up really badly. <laughs> He fell hard. <laughs> okay, his heroic shrill scream of terror. I like Caleb's spin better. There you go. <laughs> has bought Chaz, Pat. We honor your sacrifice, comrade. And um, <laughs> Flip is gone. I'm scouting ahead. Yeah, so so Chaz and Pat basically uh, bought, has bought you guys another flight roll. So it snaps you back uh, from the sheer terror that seeing this hugandus monstrosity fill the hallway uh, has filled you with. Aristotle, can you walk? Oh, I'm very skilled at walking. It's one of my best traits. But right now, like, I can't leave him behind. Good lord. <laughs> uh, I'll probably have to make a grit roll to see if I can walk. I would imagine. All right, Chaz, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you like a heads up here. Just looking at Aristotle, he can barely stay. He's barely staying afloat. He's barely conscious, much less able to walk. He's in deep shock. All right. Chaz, this is like the biggest conundrum that has ever faced Chaz. I think I can carry you. Let's give it a try. (laughs) Why don't you take off his chair and push him? Leaving Clarence, not an option. Not running with Aristotle is also not an option. I'm going to have to do a brains roll. (laughs) What? (laughs) You <laughs> rolled a one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chaz rolled a one. I love it. Okay. So obviously what you need to do is throw <laughs> Aristotle at the bad guy. That's what you want to do. <laughs> oh, well, the one, I feel like he picks up the bad guy. Like he's going to carry him too. I I think I would, I think with the one, I'm, I I decide that putting both of the hurt people together is the best option, and I drop Aristotle on top of Clarence Perfect. and get ready to fight the bad guy. Not a bad call. Oh, my ankle! All right, so you decide to <laughs> pile a, uh, a stack of wounded boys in front of the... Pile the child corpses. Yeah, there you go. New on, from you know, to create sort of like a little dam of, uh, of, of wounded little boys in Yikes. front of this uh, colossal <laughs> Goliath. 
and then uh, you decide to, because that's the best way to protect them. And that's, uh, and then you decide to run away. So good job. No, I run at, I run at the bad guy. Oh, you run at the bad guy. Okay, great. Yeah, that's my, that's my, my play. Somebody protect Aristotle from Chaz. <laughs> Clarence, I've got all my weight on your ankle. This should be helping. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> okay. Penelope, you and Flip have uh, are approaching the opposite side of the corridor. You guys, you see a door on the uh, left side that, uh, that appears to be going into uh, a small uh, medical bay. You can see somebody on a gurney, but you're running too fast to really uh, uh, determine exactly who it is. Uh, they're covered with a sheet and uh, got a, an IV drip. It's Aristotle, I died. <laughs> Are there any machines in there that could be like... Yeah, you see something that looks like a, a colossal iron lung, but you're pretty sure that Aristotle uh, isn't dying of polio. He's actually uh, he's dying of blood loss. So there, so that you're not really sure that's going to help. Uh, besides, that's, in, that's uh, in the next room. You see two... Uh, you see another set of double doors. You think that's the Build-A-Boy uh, workshop, or we should look through these double doors? Hmm. I've never seen a Build-A-Boy workshop, so I'm really not familiar, uh, but... Uh, you know, I think that one of these is going to be it. We should probably go back and try to get Aristotle. Okay. Uh, back where the uh, the Goliath is, the, the Strongor character, this, uh, you know, monstrous guy immediately shouts into his walkie-talkie, I have eyes on! I have eyes on the asset! Uh-oh. I'm in quarter three, subsection 12. Oh, crap. He's looking at our assets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back, I guess. Unless we should maybe split up. Maybe I should go in here and see if this medical bag can help. Maybe look for some weapon to fight giant strong horse. <laughs> and immediately he puts his headset down. He appears to be listening to something rather intently, uh, moving his eyes back and forth. And he looks at you rather, his, his face furrows in an almost comical like uh, attempt at, at concentration. Then he looks at you, Chaz, as you are running towards him. What do you do, Chaz? This is gonna be just like Desert Storm. When I'm done, you'll need an operation. Uh, Chaz is not very creative, so he is gonna use the same double kick maneuver that he has previously used on these strongors. Excellent. Okay, so, so you do a Captain Kirk double kick. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, I want you to roll a. Uh, f- I want you to give me a fight check. All right. Then I get the protective. Uh, thing, I believe. That is correct. That is protective. That's plus two, or I forget. Yes, plus two. So, yeah, this is going to be super difficult. Uh, I'm gonna, I want you to give me at least a 15. No, oh, well, I only have a D12 with that. I got a nine. Plus two, 11. No, it's with the plus two. Oh, is it? Yeah, added it in there. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Those are the kind of things you keep to yourself, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the dice got to tell the story. All right. Well, I have narrative control then. Uh, you leap up into the air. You feel the wind ruffle through your peach fuzz and your burns. My rat tail is flapping in the wind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dear Lord, let there be fan art of that. And one gigantic porkbutt sized hand grabs your feet in a single uh, snatch and basically just throws you back down to the ground. You land on your ass. And uh, it basically, it did not go as well as you had hoped. Your your classic anti-Strongor maneuver did not go as well. It, this is like, you have you have failed the, the, the no-win scenario. Punch him in the dick! 
50% wins. Oh, pretty good. Ow. He puts down the headset, uh, removing it uh, from his uh, greased, slicked, uh, sort of golden blonde hair, drops it onto the ground, puts his hands out in front of you with a, a really concentrated grimace on his face. Kids, I'm not going to hurt you, but you have to give us the asset. We just want him. And with that, he points a gigantic, muscly... Stranger danger! He's trying to touch our assets! Stranger danger! ...finger at Electrolyte. You ain't getting my asset? No way! So Concentrated Grimace sounds like a band that Chaz would be in later on in life. That would be it. (laughs) Slip, are we running back to to help them and try to bring Aristotle back? Where are we? So he can... Well, you screech to a halt right in front of the uh, other door. I believe I thought you were going to go for a, an escape, but you're going to run back now. I was thinking of going into that medical lab to see if I could find anything that would be useful for us. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can do that too. I, we could split up. I'm not really useful for fight, but I got good brains, so maybe that's worth exploring in there. You got to make a Goonies plan. You got to get like the <laughs> slick shoes, uh, containers of gas, and like fire at them or something. You got to do something brains. Also, I like the phrase, I got good brains. Mm-hmm. I've got hairspray and fire in my backpack, so. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, so Flip. Yep. So Flip, why don't you check this out? Check out the doors, check out the um, the lab, and then I'm going to run back and see if I can get Aristotle and the rest of everybody to meet us back here. Cool. Let's do it. Break. I put my hand out like we're going to do that break thing. Uh, I love how it it's. I love how Penelope immediately it becomes Penelope's plan. Okay, so Flip, you uh, duck into this uh, side room. It certainly does look like a, a tiny little hospital room. Uh, there are curtains hung from the ceiling. There is this gargantuan sort of uh, military olive green iron looking, looking machine. With uh, the more you look at it, it almost it, instead of that, it actually looks more like a mold mm. uh, because you can clearly see like a depression on the inside where a person would lie down. Not that you know anything about iron lungs or anything, okay. but uh, you can clearly see the uh, the face of the person who's lying in the uh, hospital gurney now and it is sure enough it is uh, mr lee the cheerleader coordinator and uh volleyball coach and track coach and every and uh driver's ed coach uh, driver's ed teacher as well goodness it's mr lee the mr lee has been solved finally <laughs> uh he has a brace around his neck and he's got an iv with uh that's dripping something into his arm he is unconscious or sleeping one of the two but he's alive. I, I, I can tell that. Yeah, huh? there's a. You can clearly see like an EKG over his, uh, with a monitor that's going beep, beep, fun little uh, jagged lines on it and everything. And does he does he appear to have any injuries that I can see? Uh, he's got his neck in a brace. Uh, other than that, uh, he seems to be okay. He, I mean, he's breathing. You can tell that at much. Uh, your it's your heart is going crazy. It gives you some sort of relief to see that uh, this uh, authority figure, this this teacher of yours, is in fact alive. This guy that you saw, yeah. you know, black bags, not less than two days ago. Well, I want to try to wake him up and communicate with him if I can. Uh, you know, I go over to him and I try to gently, uh, you know, wake him up. I go, Mr. Lee, are you all right? Are you alive? It's me, Philip J. Dimpleton. He gives a sort of a, a non-committal, vague uh, groan. You can see his eyes rolling under his eyelids. Whatever they're putting into his IV, it looks like it might be keeping him asleep. Okay. As you are rattling him, or at least trying to wake him up, 
you hear a voice from the doorway right behind you. It's a familiar male voice. Okay. Flip. Hey, kiddo. You're, uh, you're not going to be able to wake him up. Who's that? You uh, spin around, and sure enough, there is Mr. Peterson, Penelope's dad, standing in the uh, threshold of the doorway. Mr. Peterson? What are you doing here? He's looking very, very tired. His tie is a little uh, askew. But other than that, he looks exactly like he would on any other workday that, you, uh, that you've seen when uh, you and Clarence hang out. Mr. Mr. Peterson! Hold on a second there, kiddo. Uh, we, uh, we need to make sure that the others aren't going to get hurt. Hold on. Yeah, come with me, okay? Meanwhile, at the other end of the corridor, Strongor, he's attempting to go down on one knee. His hands are spread. Kids, there's no way you're going to be able to get past me. We just want him. And again, he points at Electrolyte. That's our friend. Penelope, you are running into the scene, and this is what you see. You see a pile of broken little boys, one of them bleeding. The other one uh, is Clarence. You see Pat, who uh, looked like she nearly ran into the wall. Uh, you see Chaz, who uh, attempted to do a ridiculous uh, jump kick uh, and was thwarted. Would not have been ridiculous if it worked. True. One for one on jump kicks. I gotta say, <laughs> you are one for one. It's pretty good odds against these big muscle men. Uh, but you're still going at speed. So Penelope, what do you do? Um, while running, I reach into my backpack for my Aquanet Extra Super Holt. <laughs> I thought she said while running at first. Ah, nice <laughs> matrix. She you, she is Tokyo drifting down the hallway while running. Uh, no, but seriously, okay. You grab your Aquanet and your fun little lighter. Well, yeah, I have to go into my pack of Benson and Hedges Menthol 100 Ultralights in a soft pack, and I pull that out, and then I grab the lighter <laughs> from that. <laughs> have a quick smoke. Soft pack? You, I can imagine, like, you leaping over your brother's prone body, lighting up a cool. Is the intent that you're going to set this freak on fire? Yeah, I'm going to, first of all, spray the Aquanet at him and then light the stream of Aquanet, extra super hold. And then I'm going to pull one of those Benson and Hedges menthol ultralight 100s out and light my cigarette off of his burning hair. Jesus Christ. Baller. Okay, uh, Style points. That Baller. is super bonus points. Super cool. Uh, I, you're going to need to give me at least a... Oh Jesus! I'm gonna need. You're gonna need to give me at least a 14 uh, on a fight check. A super cool check. On a super cool check. No, you just need to let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in character because I win. No, just roll fight. It's one d10. It's d10 plus one. D10 plus one, and I have to roll a 14. That is correct. <laughs> okay. I have seven tokens, and I rolled a seven, and I'm using all fucking seven <laughs> Are tokens. Are you kidding me? Okay, you rolled a 16. You did it. Tell me what happened. I did. What do you mean? <laughs> Sorry, Caleb, what? It happens as stated. <laughs> what I said before. Just rewind as stated. Just put that same clip in again. Add <laughs> that rewind noise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to, first of all, spray the Aquanet at him and then light the stream of Aquanet extra super hold. All right. The entire, the whole podcast goes into slow-mo. Uh, you leap over your brother's uh, prone body. He looks up and, and does something. It says something in slow-mo. What do you say? Uh, what do you say, Clarence? It's my big sister. <laughs> Fantastic. 
the uh, Aquanet comes out in a glittery cloud the, that immediately ignites and, and you just e extend your arm out. Uh, the uh, huge cloud of flame engulfs. What are you what are you aiming for? Yeah, see, so here's how it goes, okay? I'm running down the hallway, and it's a curved hallway, right? And I see exactly. the stack of badly hurt boys, and they're bloody, and I see my brother there on the ground. And so I run, and then I jump up and push off of the wall with my left foot. And while I'm airborne, like sideways, I reach back, pull the Aquanet out, light it on fire, okay? <laughs> Aim it at the fellow, the big burly guy catch his whatever on fire and then put the aquanet away pull a cigarette out and light it on his hair as i land all right brooke and savannah would be so proud of you uh were they here because you did a fantastic you basically just did the eagle claw technique that you guys have been practicing in uh, cheerleader practice. The five-point palm exploding <laughs> aquanet <laughs> technique. Exploding hairnet hair uh, technique. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe I should start smoking. There is a <laughs> deafening wail as the as Strongor clutches his face. It, you can see the hair crisping, but what's very strange is that his face continues to burn uh, after a moment or two, it's not like it's not just like uh, he's blinded by the flame or anything like that, or it catches his eyebrows. He is literally on fire, and his whatever his face seems to be coated with this this bizarre sheen. The same thing that uh, electrolyte seems to be molded from. It is highly flammable, and uh, he clutches at his face, and you literally can see like fiery droplets rain down on his his gray sweats uh the ground and the smell of molten plastic fills the air as well as a thick acrid black smoke i love the smell of stronger in the morning <laughs> nice i have never seen something so impressive followed by something so terrifying in my life and i am in love shut up oh my god ew as if uh flip everybody on the other side of the corridor he found a couple of doors and he found another room and I think it might be the Build-A-Boy station that we heard this guy talking about. So let's go now. Oh my God, Penny. Immediately down the corridor, you see Flip, who is, well, actually, t Flip, tell me what, what you're doing. Well, so as soon as the Mr. Peterson arrives and he beckons me to come with him, I mean, I got a lot of questions. So I'm like, oh my God, Mr. Peterson, uh, this is a lot to fill you in on. I don't understand. What's going down here? Um, but uh, Aristotle's really hurt. Look, it's okay, Flip. Don't worry about it. Uh, everything will make sense. And oh my God, what is Penelope doing? And oh with no! That, he imme <laughs> immediately like uh, runs out the hallway, chases down the corridor, uh, screams, "No, no! Oh my God, Penny, what have you done?" He's like, "Oh my God, my baby girl smokes." <laughs> 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 I want to run up on the scene um, too and just say to Mr. Peterson, well, you shouldn't have fucked with our glue doctor. <laughs> glue. Aristotle is still uh, wacky off the glue and he's like, you guys, uh, any moment now, Scott Bakula is going to quantum leap into that throng and save us all. <laughs> <laughs> Very popular show right now. You guys don't watch it? Okay. I love that show. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, you're feeling a little woozy. <laughs> Stay with us, Aristotle. Stay with us. <laughs> I imagine, I, I kind of imagine Mr. Peterson as being like Joe Azuzu. Like he looks exactly like that guy. <laughs> I, Clarence is not relieved to see his dad. He's yeah. kind of hiding behind Aristotle. <laughs> uh, he is, his eyes are just 
the size of saucers. He's just staring at this uh, conflagration as the Strongor drops to his knees. Uh, the keening wail that's uh, erupting from the now molten crater that used to be his face. It, it's, uh, it, it clearly looks as though there was nothing behind his facade, that his, his face was actually, or his head was actually hollow, that there was no flesh in it at all. Just like a He-Man. Exactly. It melts, uh, caves in, he drops to his knees, his arms go limp, and he uh, falls to the side, leaving the corridor open. Oh my god, are we all like that? You can clearly now see that there are several other sweatsuited individuals approaching the corridor. At least two of them block the remaining, uh, are so large, they block the remaining uh, corridor from sight. But you can see that there are at least two more of these Goliaths that are standing right behind a, uh, a woman who I want to say she's fairly tall, you know, uh, white blonde hair, kind of androgynous, very... Uh, any Lennox? Yeah, sort of, well, <laughs> any Lennox by way of uh, the, the old one from Doctor Strange. Oh, Tilda Swinton? Tilda Swinton. Yeah, Tilda Swinton. yeah okay, so we've got any Lennox by way of Tilda Swinton. Caleb, game question, or just point of order. Sure, sure. Uh, my last roll, I didn't need to use all seven tokens because you had a plus one on there, so I used six, so I do have one token remaining. Just You've got order. one token remaining. I'm putting it in my notes. All right, so Tilda Swinton is approaching you guys. She's, uh, she has this, Im- this impassive expression on her face as she literally gives this fallen Goliath like the briefest of, glimpse- of uh, glances before she steps over his fallen form and walks up to you and gives, gives you the broadest smile. And she says, Aristotle whispers to Clarence, I don't think they're the normal guy. She says, children. <laughs> In our facility, what a rare, rare occurrence. This has only ever happened once before. And even then, it was a terrible accident. I'm so sorry that you had to see this tragedy in front of you. This was never meant to happen. With that, she uh, fixes Electrolyte with a steely glare that lasts, lasts just for a split second for returning the same gracious smile to the rest of you. My name is Verity Marshall. I am the coordinator and director here at Heaven's Door. And I just want to tell you just how incredibly impressed we are and how very sorry that you have been caught in the middle of all this confusion and chaos. This was never meant to be anything other than a private affair. We're a private organization. We try our very best to keep our operations silent and clandestine. Unfortunately, you you poor children got mixed up right in the middle of it. I just want to thank you so much for returning our our dear our dear asset, our, our wonderful our wonderful little boy here, back to where he's from. We just want to thank you. We're not here for that. We're not trying to return anybody, okay? How many big dudes are behind her, sorry? At least three. You, can, you can't you can see the rest of the hallway because she is, they uh, they basically block the rest of it, but there could be more. At most, 17. Well, yeah, that's about right. But is the path to the Build-A-Boy workshop and the other double doors open? It is, except for uh, Flip and your dad. Well, I say we turn around and run away. Run away! Maybe try to lock ourselves in that build in that lab. With- try to fix Aristotle. Can I use one of uh, Electrolyte's powers right now? Yes, you may. So Electrolyte has superhuman strength. Can I have him maybe 
lift up that Strongor and throw him at everyone else? You can indeed. Bowling for Verity Marshall? Yes, bowling for Verity Marshall. <laughs> and then we all make a break for it. I'm like, Electrolyte, use your powers. Okay, well, you don't even have to say it. You basically, Electrolyte just decides to uh, decides to do it. Um, okay, he uh, he's going to make a, f- uh, a fight roll. So that's a, is that an action that I'm taking, or can I... No, no, you're just basically spending uh, psychic points. He has... Uh, okay. Uh, he has seven. I'm going to say just using one on uh, the uh, the superhuman strength thing is going to be enough. I wonder if I... Can I perform a, like a physical action while this is happening? Like while... Maybe while Mr. Peterson is watching this happen? Absolutely. I just want to reach into my backpack for my wrist rocket and uh, give a good shot to the old groin of Mr. Peterson. (laughs) 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 Clarence's face lights up like it's fucking Christmas morning. I'm not sure what you want me to roll for that, but I assume it's basically point blank range. Well, he's certainly not going to expect it, so I want you to give me a seven. Um, Am I doing a fight roll? That's a fight roll. Yeah. Okay, so my fight is D12, so I roll a D12? Correct. Okay, yeah. I rolled a seven. Ooh, I got it. <laughs> okay. Is that good oh, enough, or does that... it mean I had to be above a seven? No, no, no. You did a you did a great job. Medically, sir, Mr. Peterson, your testicles have been shattered. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Okay, so explain how you're going to attack. I'm using my big flip brain. I use one hand on my temple and be like, Go, Electrolyte. And then I reach into the bag for the wrist rocket, <laughs> turn to my left, and give him a point blanker to his, uh, to his groin. Oh, that was right in the Peter, son. <laughs> yeah. I get to roll to try and see if I can mitigate that. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I can. I want Flip to say, snap into a Slim Jim while he does it. I just don't like parental units. Clearly. All right. No, you don't. Dear God, please castrate my father. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's got a D12. He just rolled a 12, and then he rolled a 1, so he got a 13. So he gets to mitigate the damage. Flips wrist rocket (laughs) of justice. He gets to mitigate the damage by dodging, but nevertheless, it ricochets off the the wall right behind him and gives him a million-dollar wound right in the the buttocks. Ooh, ping. Um, He lets lets fly with a scream that immediately reminds you of, uh, of his son. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's deafening. And he uh, screams, stop that. No, Flip, stop it. Immediately he uh, reaches out to try and uh, swat the, uh, the wrist rocket out of, your, out of your hand. This is not the time for this kind of nonsense. You guys are in terrible danger. Clarence grabs the bottle of whiskey that he took out of the sheriff's, the back of the sheriff's vehicle a couple episodes back. And he shouts, stay away from my friends! With, like, tears of rage coming out of his eyes of uh, years of abuse. And he throws that bottle at his dad's head. (laughs) All right, uh, give me a fight roll. Yeah, there's a a lot of therapy going on with that throw. So much therapy. (laughs) So much. Do I get any sort of advantage for using a weapon? (laughs) No. I get a disadvantage, honestly. (laughs) Well, you you might get an advantage for throwing it at your dad. I'll give you a plus. I'll give you a plus two for that. Excellent. Well, I threw. A, I rolled a one. So perfect. Uh, it, he doesn't even have to duck. He like gives you a. He's so focused on flip 
He uh, he it sails uh, in front of his eyes, and he's like, "What the hell was that?" The throw was so bad, he probably doesn't know you're throwing it at him. You're a clank, clank, clank. As it, uh, as I'm sorry, it sir. I was aiming the, for the kid. As it, it sails down the uh, down the hallway. It doesn't break. Though. God damn it, Clarence! Knock it off. He, he says, uh, "Stay away from him." Uh, he's like, "You are so grounded when we get you home." What's Pat been doing this whole time? I feel like we haven't heard from her in a while. Oh yeah, how's Pat doing? If if you need me to fight, I do have machete in bag. Hit him with the goat head. Help us out. I like to think she's just been watching this all unfold, like doing nothing. I do not understand American politics. She's just casually <laughs> noshing on a goat head as this uh, drama unfolds. She's carving goat head off with her machete. So yes to machete or no? <laughs> yes, Pat Hill. Oh, the machete's too far. Says the guy who threw a bottle at his dad's head. Machete is too far. I shall yeah. kill men. I have killed men before. I will kill men again. Do you want men? Do you want him dead? Yes, no. Just do something. Okay, I have machete. I pull out machete and I start swinging machete around. <laughs> Indiscriminately at everybody. Because <laughs> nothing is more terrifying than teenage foreign exchange student with a giant weapon. And a goat head. She's doing a Wolverine berserker barrage. Okay. Uh, so a bunch of stuff happens all at once. <laughs> Good lord. Electrolyte picks up the Strongor with uh, one hand and sails it down the hallway. Tilda Swinton ducks it neatly. It is caught by one of the Strongors behind him and immediately like uh, thrown to the side of the uh, wall like, like a bag of refuse, like a bag of garbage. Double play. Exactly. Tilda Swinton... Th- My plan's not working! Verity doesn't even break her, her beautiful, friendly smile... It doesn't blink for an instant. She does raise her hands and say, Please, children, you don't understand. This is serendipitous. We need you. We need your help here. Serendipitous? You don't even know us. You're not Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) She gives you the briefest of blinks, but her uh, smile does not even flicker. Can crickets reach us down here? (laughs) (laughs) Not with machete. (laughs) This is a sterile environment. It's a cricket-free environment. (laughs) <laughs> Sarah, go. <laughs> your I mean, earlier, I didn't touch on it, but earlier you said this is utter nonsense right after you shot him in the nuts, and I was like, you mean nutsense? There she oh, is. No. We were waiting for that oh. this whole time. I hear crickets. Oh, no. <laughs> You're digging through the submarine walls in this facility. <laughs> it's really why the walls were installed. As you guys chuckle and joke, uh, you can, for a split second, her eyes flare with impatience, but her smile doesn't budge. Then her eyes narrow back to the, uh, to the, to the friendly uh, facade she had a moment before. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. You absolutely are necessary here. I have to say it's, it's almost like an omen that you are the ones who brought our lovely, beautiful asset back to us. He's not an asset. He's a boy. He's our friend. Stop calling him such names. You're an asshat. <laughs> <laughs> let her build. Let her do some world building. Why is Mr. Lee hooked up to sedatives in the other room? I beg your pardon. She blinks again at Chaz. You've named him? I mean, what are you talking about? What do you choose to... Yes, we named him Electrolyte. What, did you, what name did you give him? Electrolyte. She says, uh, she, again, she walks past the, uh, the stained, the smoke-stained floor uh, where the Strongor fell and regards you with intense interest, Jeff. You named him after his favorite drink. No, 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 don't tell her. 
Yeah, I wa I wasn't gonna. Good, good idea. I won't. We need him. Screw you, lady. Yeah. <laughs> good one. How do you like that name, lady? Like, hey, that's my husband's name. Oh, also, could you please help our friend? He's dying. Yeah, Aristotle's about to die. Okay. And Mr. Lee is in the other room on a gurney. We will absolutely give your friend all the medical attention that he requires, above and beyond anything that he might need. I only ask that you come with me for the briefest of moments, because we desperately need you. And to be honest with you, your friend, she says, gesturing to, uh, to Electrolyte, he needs you too. There's a reason why he's here. There's a reason why you are here. It is all so perfectly aligned with everything that has happened over the past 20 to 25 years. And to be honest with you, I wasn't being facetious when I said, this is a sign. This is an omen. I feel like she's about to sell us essential oils. Yeah. Yeah, we don't trust. We don't trust her. Yeah. Let's pump her for information. Why is Mr. Lee here, lady? Why? Why do you have Mr. Lee on a gurney in the other room? Mr. Lee got in the way between our recollection team and the asset. He was simply an unfortunate casualty, but he will be right as rain. He was doing mouth tobacco in his car. He is my favorite PE teacher. Recollection team. Hmm. He lets Penelope drink on campus. <laughs> has, um, has, Caleb, has Electrolyte picked up the remains of the Strongor and thrown them and gone bowling yep. for Verity? Yeah, bowling yeah, for Verity did not. Uh, it Verity dodged by by a mile. Ah, that's right. Okay. Well, I'm out of ideas. Well, what are you doing here? What is the purpose of this place? Why are you come changing people? Come with me, and I will show you. She says, holding out her hand in an uh, in in a gesture of friendship. Ugh. Guys, I, my ankle's broken. I think we got to take her up on this. Or Penelope could melt her hand. <laughs> All the mysteries can be solved very, very quickly if you just come with me so that I can show you what this facility was built for. So what, you guys run. I, I'll, 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 take, I'll get medical attention with, with Aristotle. We need it. Run. Uh, your dad is standing behind you, and uh, Clarence, and he says, no, please don't. Just, just go with her. Uh, Clarence, he runs over to you and picks you up and goes, oh my god, what happened to your ankle? Why are you standing like that? We fought like a thousand toys. What do you care? <laughs> I do care. Is there any way out of this, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> Can we segue into a music video called We Built This Facility on Rock and Roll? <laughs> I hate to say that I'm kind of railroading you, but I kind of am. All right, well, let's go with these assholes. Seems like you win this round. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, as as you guys are as he picks you up, uh, uh, a couple more strongers appear from the other side of the uh, the corridor. You guys are surrounded on all sides. Verity's like again, she approaches you with uh, these these icy blue eyes and this uh, steely smile, very very endearing, uh, very genuine. And she says, "Please let me show you what was intended, what happened, and how you can help us fix everything." Okay. Okay. Under pressure. I know I'm very curious. I keep her at the machete length. <laughs> Flip, are you, are, you, are, are you sure, Flip? Listen. I'll do whatever you say. I, I don't know what to do here. It's either that or we just keep fighting these adults. Miss think, Lady? Yes. No, please, if, call me Verity. Miss, Miss Verity, if you fix our friend Aristotle by putting him in 
one of those machines, will that give him a superpower body? It absolutely will. If I give it to one of my technicians, he'll be right as rain in the blink of an eye. Uh, I am actually allergic to rain, though I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> but does that mean that he would have that body forever? Like he would never grow? No, 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 no. Not if it's one of my technicians. The wounds will be filled with the special amalgam that Mr. Weeby prepared for us. He'll have the exact same body as before. Mr. Weeby was a glue doctor? Well, then can we all get that too? That sounds awesome. Mr. Weeby helped build this entire facility. All the technology that you have seen so far, all the miracles that are contained within this facility were created by the genius of Walter Weeby. Hmm. You mean you mean the murder toys that hurt Aristotle, and then like I, they actually turned out to be pretty cool, but like that Summerberry maniac, and and you just go around kidnapping people, and and that's all fine. Oh, it's just it's fine. She clicks her cheek and says, "Let's walk and talk." What does Charles Kettle have to do with this? Oh dear, Charles. She leads you uh, back down the corridor where uh, where you came from. Or back down the corridor where she came from, I'm sorry. Where it continues to curve round in this enormous circle. Uh, must be at least 100 feet in diameter. Where you guys approach a, a large, what appears to be a large cargo-sized elevator. She and a number of Strongor uh, pop in and she insists that you accompany her. And during this uh, brief interlude, she gives you a bit of exposition. She says uh, that Walter Weeby was given an enormous sum of money by the brothers and sisters of, of uh, Heaven's Door over 25 years ago, back when his toy empire was at its height. And he was sort of, he had already created uh, a number of uh, incredibly powerful and to this day not entirely understood uh, miraculous toys, um, some of which could seem to like work on their own. She doesn't particularly understand, nor is she really interested in it. But they wanted to achieve their apotheosis. Their cult believes that they have inherited Halley's Comet as a place where they will eventually leave this sin-infested world and raise a new colony of godly, perfect human beings. This is the Branch Davidians again. Sort of. <laughs> and they purchased this territory upon which was an old missile silo and told uh, Walter Weeby that they wanted a rocket where the, all of them could leave this earth together. And with that, she sort of gives a, a sort of a, a heavy sigh as the elevator takes you down an interminable length of time. What he gave us, on the other hand, was not what we asked for. We wanted a simple way of delivering ourselves to the blessed promised land of Halley's Comet. Unfortunately, <laughs> We knew that his genius was up to the task, and he knew that he was up to the task, but instead what he delivered, well, the elevator doors then hiss open, and you find yourself in another cavernous chamber, uh, or looking into another cavernous chamber, about the size and scope of the, the gigantic remnant room that you guys were in oh, less than an hour before. But this one is filled to the brim with what appears to be a colossal board game, mm. literally built to accommodate people-sized tokens with enormous, uh, a huge trail of squares covering the ground and enormous 
intellect defying screens and technology that appears to be some sort of depicting some sort of spiritual journey uh, through time and space. It, there are hand-painted galactic wheels and stars and planets as well as big you know molded plastic geography and topography it looks like a colossal board game of life in other words this is the coolest thing i've ever seen wow <laughs> but each square looks like it could easily accommodate each of you in fact it even looks like the squares themselves might be on some kind of track or moving walkway instead he gave us this and then, in a fit of pique, we demanded our money back. We demanded that he make reparations to ourselves and to, to our organization. Instead, he had this ridiculous contest that took place immediately on top of our facility here that he was building completely unknown to us. She gives you this really exhausted giggle, and then she uh, composes herself. And that is where Charles Kettle came into this. He and a number of his chosen children were finding their way in and about this bizarre maze in order to, I'm not exactly sure what, in order to determine who would be worthy to succeed him. But somehow they found their way into our facility as well. And that's when things went terribly, terribly awry. You're only saying half the story, says, uh, uh, a female voice from the other side of the chamber as you guys are walking in and approaching the perimeter of this enormous board game you see a short i want to say latinx latina woman who looks like she's in her late 20s long hair and she's accompanied by uh you guys see harrison and uh mike cochran with um none other than chaz's dad right behind them both Harrison and Mike look a little defeated. They look a little exhausted. And they look like they've pretty much gone through the same kind of hell that you guys have. Harrison, Mike! How did Harrison get here exactly? Charles Kettle was running into the forest. Both you and he were cut off by Chaz's dad's truck, who, were, who was waiting for you outside of Charles Kettle's little hovel out in the desert. Charles immediately like ran for the hills. Uh, yeah, just like scared out of his wits when uh, Chaz's dad emerged from the truck, followed by what looked to you're, you know, you'll be damned if you didn't think it looked exactly like her. Uh, the pop star or the late pop star, uh, Selena. <gasps> wow. Mike Cochran was there as well, looking a little dazed. Mike, you had just heard the story that curled your, uh, curled your little toes. It shook my dang world! It did. Um, Mike, you look and sound different. <laughs> Mike, your voice! <laughs> yeah, changing things up a little bit, apparently. This is what happens when you get, I guess... Puberty? Ah, fuck it, this is how I sound moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ooh, so... Good explanation! I'm deep into sight. No, I'm just a brawn kind of guy. All right, cool. She, uh, Selena decide, has decided to share with you, Mike, that she goes by the, by the name Helia, the feminine version of the Greek god of the sun, and that uh, she only really looks like Selena. She's actually, uh, this is another one of these uh, manufactured bodies that she is so insanely grateful to Walter Wiebe for helping her uh, manufacture. 
Uh, this one of the many, many things that uh, she loves about this town. She dis- she says to you, Mike, and this is one of the reasons why Mike has this like thousand thousand yard stare, and why uh, Harrison uh, does as well, because the two of you got the story. Uh, Mike got the story twice. Harrison got it once. Apparently, Helia is much older than she looks. Uh, she long ago decided that she was going to conquer death, and uh, but now she has decided that she's going to try and conquer life as well. She has long ago tried to try and perfect reanimation in order to keep people from dying, but try as she might, she only ever succeeded a couple of times using corpses and dead bodies it was or, or a jigsawed uh, attempts at, at making new flesh she was never able to actually a- achieve true genesis and she thought that this was a a physical impairment at first years and years of experimentation went by then she thought it was a spiritual impairment and that's how she got in, involved with uh the heaven's door group and now she's determined though maybe if i win a grammy <laughs> it's a geographical one because upon arriving in Obayono, all of her experiments have worked there's something about this town she says as the uh, the truck rumbles back towards the enormous teepee that night there's something about Obayono that allows toys or inanimate things uh, to work without anybody playing with them And it's taken a long time and a lot of experimentation and a lot of failure and trial and error, but now she's actually been able to achieve some sort of limited success thanks to uh, the genius of Walter Wiebe and the gracious resources provided by Heaven's Door. Chaz's dad... And who is she again? I'm sorry, is this Verity? No, this is this other woman uh, who looks exactly like Selena, the pop star, Helia. She uh, basically says that there's something about this town that allows inanimate objects to come to life. Walter Wiebe discovered this and never let anybody in on this secret. And that was the true power of his genius. And as a result, she was able to sort of, after many years and lots of trial and error, tune into this power. And that is where, she says, uh, as she turns the corner around the, uh, the walkway surrounding the enormous board game, she points directly at Electrolyte and says, and thus, my masterpiece. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> and Electrolyte immediately like looks around, looks over his shoulder and points to himself. Yes, you. You remember, don't you? And as uh, Electrolyte gazes at Helia, he immediately kind of like his eyes widen, his grip on Penelope's hand grows to an almost crushing uh, force, a vice-like grip. Ow! Uh, Penelope! <laughs> and he literally, he's, he's incapable of sweating. I didn't say that. Uh, you're, you're like tighter. If, if he were capable of sweating or perspiration. Like a Rudy Giuliani streams down <laughs> Yeah, there you go. His, his hair died. His hair has died. Oh, my God. Looks like he's leaking oil from the side of his face. Anyway, she, said, uh, she says, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, but that sort of is the end of my input here. With my creation, I have allowed, I've been able to harness the power of Obayona without Walter Wiebe, who disappeared more than two decades ago. 
And then uh, Tilda Swinton, I'm sorry, Verity, Verity Marshall, looks at Helia and says, and we are incredibly grateful to you for this immense uh, amount of work, this, this touchstone which will allow us to reach the stars. There's only one small hiccup. We need him to activate the door. She says, and she points to the center of the of this enormous board game, and she, it doesn't look like a door. It just looks like a big rectangular frame, maybe like ten feet on a side, and about like fifteen feet tall. But it's clearly it's like in a game of Sorry, where the little uh, plastic bubble would be. It's in the exact center of this enormous room. She says that is the door, and Electrolyte is going to have to be the one to activate it. Unfortunately, when he did so before, we were unable to use it. And that's what, that's what led to his escape. He's going to have to help us by powering this up again because we didn't have all the pieces in play. Helia nods sagely as, uh, as Verity continues to sort of uh, purr her way through this monologue. That doesn't sound we ominous. Needed, we aren't really from Obiono. Uh, and thus, we can't play the game, but we can reap the rewards. You have to play the game, she says, looking at all of you guys. And in doing so, we will give your friend medical attention. We will leave this place. You'll never see us see us again. And we will. Uh, your parents will be left to their own devices, richly rewarded. The trauma of the past few days will be nothing but an unhappy memory. We'll play, but first, all of us want superpowers from that machine. I have a broken ankle, so I have a reason to go in, and Aristotle's almost dead, so he has a reason to go in, too. The rest of them, I just think it'd be cool. And none of us ever want to pay taxes again. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. And also, I think that machine will probably melt away some of my baby fat. Whatever you like. All right, let's play the bones. Any reward you ask for, you shall receive. So long as we receive our reward. It has to work. What is your reward? What do you want? She gestures to the, to the door in the middle of the enormous board game and says, play the game and I think everything will become clear. Okay. It's probably safe if adults are telling us to do it, guys. My dad would not let anything happen to Penelope. (laughs) Chaz, this whole time, like, obviously refuses to look at his dad. uh, Your dad is looking at you actually with a strange sense of pride. I do not look back at him. I look all around, uh, (laughs) obviously avoiding eye contact with him, like grimacing at him. They're like, about it. Son, I just want to tell you, you you might be a little uh, ashamed or embarrassed, but... I just want to let you know how insanely proud I am of you. You've done the right thing over and over. And I just want to let you know uh, that uh, this is, I, I know uh, you f- might feel manipulated because I let you find them blueprints that let you in here. But if you hadn't been in here, your friend Electrolyte wouldn't have been able to come home. And uh, mm. the, the kind people that hired me to build the, uh, the cap on top of their uh, rocket hole, they wouldn't be looking after us as well as they is. So I just want to let you know that you are doing the right thing no matter what. Just like I am. I'm proud of you. Oh, is that right? Is that right? Well, I just want to let you know, Daddy, 
how ashamed I am of you. <laughs> All of that going around. He looks like you just stabbed him in the gut. I will never look at you the same again. This might be bad timing, but my English is not actually that good, and I only got maybe 10% of what they just said. <laughs> what is happening? Aristotle's like, oh, someone's talking? What did they think? He's still pretty hopped up on glue. I don't know. She was saying something about Thor <laughs> and boys being alive and children in special town. Oh, it's so weird. I had a dream that, that we went into a toy factory and, and you were there. <laughs> Aristotle's super pale. Hey, anybody got some more glue? <laughs> Chaz turns to Flip. Oh, I figured it out. It's helium. Like they said, that's why Mike's voice is so high. <laughs> Amazing. You know, Mike, I'm glad if we're doing this, we got Mike and Harrison. They're both badasses, and oddly enough, I don't feel ashamed to say this. I feel safer with them around. <laughs> <laughs> I reach over and just give him a little tic tac. <laughs> <laughs> I cringe as soon as he touches my shoulder. <laughs> my ankle's broken. Please be gentle. <laughs> that's not your shoulder. <laughs> uh, Verity asks, uh, you know, she gives a, a gentle nod uh, and a, a gesture with her head as one of the Strongors kind of muscles you over to this enormous circle where the uh, this little uh, automated road seems to begin. It looks like it's the start square. She says, let's prime this, shall we? And with that, she Primeth. I love Primeth. With that, she uh, she basically places her uh, palms on either side of uh, Electrolyte's head. He his eyes roll back into the back of his head. He grips the bar on the walkway, and immediately there's like this weird. It's almost like a, a telltale hum that you feel rather than actually hear, as the entire room, this whole facility seems to uh, take on a life of its own. You can feel like this expectant, primordial, potential energy fill the entire chamber. As that happens, a, a large painted token swivels into view. You see that there are now five colored dots on this large panel that's, uh, that's now visible to you. One of them lights up. There's a bit of a patriotic fanfare that uh, pops in, and you hear Walter Weeby's voice say, Player one, what is your favorite color? And instinctively, you know that, Pat, that the game is talking to you. Yes, hello? Hello? <laughs> I don't like this. Okay. Favorite color is black. Player one, what is your favorite color? I said black, did you not hear me? Immediately, the first token on the panel turns black. It's, it's this bizarre effect that you've never seen before. It's an image that seems to almost project out of the panel. And the fanfare becomes patriotic once more. When North America's under threat, there's just one man who'll take that bet and delivers fearsome blows for what is right. When an evil Adder raises its head, he'll blast his foes with lasers red, because he likes to keep it high and tight. Who am I? You're, you're still talking to me? 
<laughs> uh, the game waits for you expectantly. It sounds like wonderful man. There is only one man who can be this wonderful. It is obviously Meatloaf. <laughs> Clarence is exploding. He's about to shout Jarhead Jim. I mean, who are any of us, really? It's a good question. Does he shout Jarhead Jim? Jarhead Jim! God damn it! Nothing happens. I said the Meatloaf! But when Pat says meatloaf, you hear this bizarre mechanical grinding noise. It almost sounds like an that fills the entire chamber. I think that was wrong. Uh, Verity like grits her teeth behind you in a, that almost is more uh, audible uh, than the than the grinding noise. She says, I'm afraid you're going to have to do better than that. How can you be better than meatloaf? Meatloaf is best. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Ask her a question about goats. <laughs> I know things about the goats. I know machetes and I know meatloaf. Come on, that's not fair. She's not fucking from here. Oh, I curse. Sorry, Dad. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Uh-oh. <laughs> Did we lose Caleb? Or... No, no, no. I'm still here. I'm just... <laughs> oh, okay. Game over, man. Caleb hated your answer that much. That's a long, dramatic pause. Oh, my God. <laughs> Caleb's having a stroke. Somebody call 911. <laughs> my spirit left my body for a second there. <laughs> we said something that sent him into a flashback. <laughs> Now, Pat, meatloaf is great and all that, but you know that there is there is a name for a specific toy that you've learned over the past couple nights being in America that might be able to fit the bill a little bit better. God damn it, Caleb. You'll think I've been paying attention. Would you like to phone a friend? The person who edits episodes screamed it. Fine, I will say what fat idiot sells. <laughs> Jarhead Jim. Immediately, the... Screen the 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 black token. Don't reward metagaming. Don't reward that. <laughs> Flashes, and the moving walkway begins purring and moves you further along into the middle of the room. You begin to feel extremely uh, exposed out here. The uh, enormous metallic rectangle takes on a nimbus of light. It's visible against the dark shadows on the other side of the room. The black spot seems to project out from the screen. Good news, I... Walter Weeby doesn't care if you cheat. I'll feed you answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently I need it. Let's do this the true American way. You give me all the answers. <laughs> <clears throat> the panel spins around and you can clearly see that on the other side of the panel, there is now a, a black screen that includes a small square, a large square, and a display uh, showing what appears to be the solar system. It's a stylized depiction of the solar system with Earth in the center view there. Oh my gosh, I get to do my Uranus joke again. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen Uranus? But you're really losing a lot of blood. We already had this conversation. <laughs> I, I, said, no, I told you I couldn't get the mirror angle right. 
Now, by the way, this is insane that they sent a dying child to play it. Can we get him some attention? Medical attention, please? It's really insane. I mean, my ankle's also broken. I don't mean to be... Daddy, are you kidding me? This kid's dying over here, and you're just fine. You're going to sit by the side. Again, shame. I'm ashamed of you. You're doing the right thing, son. You can actually hear, you can, uh, Verity's uh, eyes are alight with uh, this eager fire as she's basically shouting, yes, keep playing. I'm, I'm sorry, you're probably, probably going to die. I uh, had a pretty good run. It's okay. <laughs> can I have pop funk when you die? You don't know the kinds of miracles these <laughs> folks are capable of. Guys, did you notice how inaccurate this map of the universe is? None of these planets are flat. <laughs> I'm disgusted with Flip so much right now. <laughs> to be more specific, it's the, the little screen that seems to be jutting out from this panel uh, in some sort of bizarre way that defies description is a uh, it's the inner solar system from the sun out to Earth. Again, there's the screen, there's a small square and a large square. Oh Jesus. Uh, well, you got hello, a small magic square. voice that comes. <laughs> Damien, magic voice from ceiling. Do you have more directions? You see a black oh. screen with a small square, a large square, and a display showing the inner solar system up to Earth. Do I pick square? Pat, the Uranus. Uranus. Pat looks back at everybody. What do I do? Make a brains roll. Make a brains roll. Oh, we are doomed. Okay. <laughs> At a certain point, the test giver and the test maker needs to consider their ability to write a question. <laughs> I am ESL. Where is my translator? <laughs> I rolled a seven. <laughs> it's okay, Pat. Just get us through a cliffhanger. <laughs> you rolled a seven? This is not cliffhanger enough. I am hanging here. <laughs> I, you rolled a seven? I rolled a seven. Okay, that's totally fine. Uh, the difficulty was five. You said that like I'm I'm stupid. <laughs> it's totally fine. No, you did fine. You no, you did totally fine. The uh, the I killed everyone, didn't this I? This is unlike any technology you've seen before. You're not exactly sure the mechanism that's making this work. But if this were like a physical panel, you'd assume that these look like buttons: a big button, a, a, a small button, and a display. You think that it might have something to do with, like, the scale of the image on the screen? Guys, I'm going or to on touch the display, it. Rather? Which one? Small or large? I'm going to go big. Okay. You touch the large square, and the display immediately projects out to show the outer solar system as well. Out to uh, what appears to be... Uranus. Yeah, to, out to Neptune. Uh, you can clearly see that there is a, a nimbus of light towards the uh, the outer rim of the display that isn't quite in focus yet. What the fuck? And it's okay to pass. A lot of ladies prefer the smaller display button. <laughs> can they also push small button? Just button mash. That's the way I play games. Button mash. I'm button mashing. <laughs> you push the small button and the view screen now shows it goes back to the inner solar system. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm really sorry. Throw your goat head at it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw your goat head at it. 
smoke oh, machete God. and start stabbing the spoil. Yes, it is. Love it. Your machete goes straight through the display as if it were a projection. Actually, oh, it doesn't even seem like it's really physically there. Almost as if that it was something that your eye could see, but isn't even a projection of light. It's not a hologram or anything like that. This is not okay technology. I am not okay with this. I have died and entered some kind of alien vortex. She crosses herself and starts saying like the Lord's <laughs> Prayer in an Eastern European language. <laughs> I keep forgetting you're you're but a simple idiot like furriner. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell her how you really feel. Right now, I'm not sure if you're talking to me or Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is not nice to say of Mr. Cochrane. <laughs> yes, thank you, person running the game. You finally realize I was the wrong person for this. Honestly, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> And she just played that with this display like a piano. I'm so glad I picked you first. And just hit everything until something happens. <laughs> exactly. I I am going to just pick push buttons. Yes. Okay. Uh, you press the small bu- the 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 small uh, square. Nothing happens. You press the large one. Immediately, it zooms back out. The display shows the planets out to Neptune again. You press the large button again. This time it goes out to what appears to be the a large uh, cloud of dots that surrounds the exterior of the uh, the solar system, and out of uh, this cloud of tiny little dots, one is particularly bright. I click bright one. Immediately the panel switches around. The moving walkway that you guys are all standing on comes to an abrupt halt. Oh, oh. You'll hear from our lawyers. The glow around the enormous rectangle, this elongated box in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the playing board, uh, stops pulsing and begins glowing with a dim blue glow. Oh, thank God! Player two, what is your favorite color? And with that, we're going to come to an end. With that, we're going to come to an end with tonight's episode of Kids on Bikes. I want to thank everybody Ooh. for taking the. Uh, taking the time to to be a part of the awful neutral podcast and for giving us a listen uh thank you so much um damian mercado where can people find you you can find me at awful dnd on twitter drop us a line support the patreon yeah we love hearing from our fans uh let us know what you like what you don't like let us know if uh, there's a particular joke or character that tickles your fancy we love to hear from you guys so, uh, Clint Beischer, uh, as uh, Chas Montgomery, where can people find you? Blue, no, green, no, yellow! I was waiting for someone to do that. God damn it. Clint Beischer is, uh, you just type in my name on social medias. How do you spell that, Clint? C-L-I-N-T-B, as in boy, E-I-S-H-I-R. Clint Beischer. Nice, very nice. Uh, Mr. Dave Wright, uh, where can people find you? Uh, at the Wright Dave on social media or Dave Wright Comedian on Facebook. Thank you so much. Um, Mr. Jesse Egan as uh, Flip Dimpleton, where can people find you? Yes, find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media and look to the skies. <laughs> and AG as Penelope uh, Peterson, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, uh, AG, where can people find you? 
Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Muller She Wrote, at Allison Gill, and at Daily Beans Pod. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always so much fun to play with you. Thank you. Mr. Joe Camacho as... Oh, God. I can't believe I'm going to say it. Say it. Joe Camacho as uh, Harrison Kunth. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us this evening. Uh, I, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at HotCop69. And you can find me on the upcoming episode of Frasier. Hell, Frasier. Hell, Frasier. Hell, Frasier. <laughs> Actual Frasier, the real show. that's impressive they're bringing it back baby you know and it's crazy that hot cop one through 68 were taken that's so crazy he's playing martin in the new in the reboot he's a much sexier (sighs) great (laughs) no wait that's my character uh Lee as the unstoppable pat um Thank you so much for being such a good sport tonight. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me at Sarah Lee Magic on social media or on my couch getting drunk after this because I don't know what I just went through. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it translated to your native language. It was terrifying. <laughs> Dave Callens as Aristotle Jones. Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Sharkodial. Uh, I also help Damien run the Patreon account. So if you really enjoy the podcast and want to support us, uh, sign up for our Patreon. we got a lot of cool swag to give out. This might be Aristotle's last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it could very well be. You never know. You can also be found as uh, The Wrong Dave on Twitter. <laughs> and uh... No, that's also Dave Wright. He's got a vote. <laughs> There's no wrong choice when it comes to Dave. <laughs> Except for the one that causes him to punch you in your wiener. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And I have been your storyteller, your game master, your... Kid master. uh, The the (laughs) kidnapper, right. I'm going to add a... uh, I'm going to fully work a police siren right after that every time. (laughs) Perfect. There's that too. Uh, I'm (laughs) Caleb Cleveland again. I can be found on all your friendly neighborhood social medias as uh, Caleb is drawing on your Twitches, on your TikToks, and on your uh, Twitters and Instagrams. Uh, I also supply some of the fan art that, uh, and, and Patreon art that comes out uh, intermittently when, uh, when Damien, uh, Damien and Dave uh, find ways to blackmail me in in order to, get it done you'll get your kid Um, back when you get me some fucking fan art (laughs) exactly doing this podcast is a is a real joy for me i really really love it especially having the opportunity to uh game master kids on bikes so thank you so much for listening it means the world to us so yeah please listen to us uh on whatever your uh on your podcast listening app of choice (laughs) that's i'm ron burgundy yeah good (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh thank you all so much and uh see you later nerds later Thanks, bye. bye thank you
Hello, Hello y'all. y'all. My name is Chaz Montgomery, Montgomery, as, as most, most of you already know. Thank you for being here at the third triannual Regional Conspiracy Observations Club Conference. Point of order, we have been asked to no longer use our acronym, Try Our Cock. I do not know why, but when I ask my daddy, he just laughs. Before we get started, I'm going to give out some special thanks to some of our members for their contributions. Anthony Silva, thank you for your observation of the shifty-eyed monkeys at the Houston Zoo. Maybe they know something. Keep an eye on them. The notorious D.I.G. That's not how your name's listed, but we know why we shouldn't say it out loud. Top secret work. A.J. Kurosaki. Thank you so much for always watching out for crab people. Hector Angulo. I cannot wait to hear how far you've come. Decoding the messages hidden within the patterns in the static of TVs. Duane Donovan. What up, cuz? Hey, I gotta say personally thank you for your work helping me track Ghost Car. Fred Milano and Chance Deason, thanks for getting together on that detailed chemtrail report. Nice work. Natasha Ygrain and Christopher Skelton, thank you for mapping out those black helicopter sightings. What does it mean? Kaysen Escobedo, you notice the hypnotizing powers of pom-poms. What are those cheerleaders up to? Someone might have to go undercover. Tag me in, coach. I'm ready. Matthew R. That's clever, hiding your true identity. From now on, call me Chasm. Torso full of bees. Perfect example as to why we go by conspiracy observations rather than conspiracy theory. Just listen to his belly, it's buzzing. Chris Waltrip. If you're tripping on walls, you should talk to Penny. I saw her wall run. Cheerleaders must, must be up, up to something. Rebecca, Rebecca Throop, thank, thank you for looking look into why we got to be so quiet in libraries. I think it's because information is sensitive. Jessica Oldbeer and Lynette DeBell, tag teaming, measuring how level the ground is. So far, don't look like this earth is no round. Jay Baker. He's, He's looking, looking into, into the, the idea of global, global cooling because of that crazy killer ice storm this Halloween. Look, Look it up, folks. It happened. And, and to finish it off, Rick Turpin, Lindsay Taylor, along with Malia's Barmentum, or should I say Mr. Bible Pants, thank you all for coming up with our group's new super secret code name, Patreon. And thank, and thank you, you all, all one more time, time for all of your contributions. contributions.